Yeah, that le- that game legit pissed me off. <laughs> I was fucking livid. All right, all right, calm down, calm down. Let's breathe, breathe. Do your breathing exercises. But this week, this week, my beloved Oakland, or Oakland. See, I'm still stuck in the past. My beloved Las Vegas Raiders should get off the schneid. It could be worse, though. They could be the Auckland Raiders. And then they'd be talking like this. Aye. <laughs> She's a good Sheila, Bruce. Yeah. Yeah. 90 but. down, 15 down, put it down. Yeah. Oh, and by the way, because of our last, um, the Monty Python thing, I bought Monty Python Sings. Did you? Yes. Nice. Here's the weird part. I went online because, uh-huh. you know, no store is going to carry that. And I found it was going for between 25 and $50. Really? And I was like, oh, shit, this is not good. And okay. I was like, well, I'm not paying that much for it. So I just kept searching. I found a, fi- a $5 copy. Okay. And I'm like, Ugh. well, even if it's slightly used, I might be able to salvage something out of it and all that. So I was like, I'll get the $5 copy. Shows up at the house. It's brand new in the shrink. Nice. I'm like, okay, this person's either an idiot or the people trying to scout Monty Python stuff are bastards. <laughs> either way, you got a five dollar copy. Yeah, but um, yeah. The um, back to football for a second. The Raiders should get off the Schneid this week. I'm hoping. Mm. Uh, we have Cleveland. Uh, no, Cincinnati. Oh yeah, that's that's uh, should be an easy win. I'm hoping. And then next week we're gonna be all up in your Cowboys' ass. Well, uh, you're not getting that game. Oh yeah, we are. No, 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 no. Yes, not in a Thanksgiving game. That's that's prime time, Dallas. Prime time. He retired. <laughs> Speaking of which, Ryan and I played Madden ninety nine. Oh Jesus! Yeah, the little shit beat me to like sixty six to like it was like I think twenty two or something. I. <laughs> I've been playing. Uh, <laughs> I've been playing NHL 21. Mm-hmm. I started a career, um, you know, from minor league hockey on up. It's it, it's not as it, as entailed as like the baseball games where you start in single A ball and work your way up. Right. Yeah. You, you have uh, the Memorial Cup tournament in Canada, and then you get drafted to the NHL. Right. right. I went first overall to of all teams, the fucking New York Rangers. Okay. And currently, about uh, two months into the season, I'm leading the league in points as a rookie. I've got 89 points. Mm. Um, and I'm also second in the league. I'm one penalty minute behind in penalty minutes. My goal is to lead the league in scoring and penalty minutes. Oh, Lord. In my rookie season. <laughs> and win the Calder Cup. Oh, my God. <laughs> Speaking of hockey... Um, real life hockey this weekend. We're taking Ryan to his first hockey game. Phantoms? Flyers. Go oh, going to Wells Fargo. One hundred level. Nice. See, I'm waiting. Yep. Speaking of Wells Fargo, on uh what was it, Monday or Tuesday? Mm-hmm. I think it was Monday. I won tickets to the Wells Fargo Center to see Journey. Nice. Yeah, Journey and Billy Idol. There's a weird combo. Yeah. And the pre-sale actually start didn't start till today, so I got tickets before the pre-sale even went on nice. sale. Um, I don't know what level they are. Mm-hmm. I don't know how good they are. They're in the pit, in the pit. But they're fr- <laughs> oh, dude, Arnold Arnold Pineda can fucking get a mosh pit going like nobody's yeah. business. I'm sure, but um, I mean they're free tickets, yeah. so I'm not going to complain. And all I had to do was sing. 
Oh, that's not too bad. What, no. What do you have to sing? Only the young. Oh, okay. Uh, they do uh, uh, sing the next line. It's called sing the next line. Yeah. And it's Monday. They threw up a softball. <laughs> only the young. And the line I had to follow was only the young can say. Leading in, you know, the first line of the chorus. Oh, I thought it was like the Billy Joe song. Like, only the young die young. No, that's only the good die young. What? I, I'm not much of a No, Billy only Joe the fan. young can say <laughs> yeah. they're free to fly away, burning that same desire, or sharing that same desire, burning like wildfire. Mm. But yeah. So two well, weeks. Congratulations. Two weeks. Thank you. Two weeks after we go to see <laughs> Ghost. Oh, my God. Oh. I'm going to see fucking Journey. I'm so I'm so I'm so thrilled with that. The tick getting the tickets was a pain in the ass. I miss physical tickets. Yeah. Because I had to jump through so many hoops to get them. They're just they're all virtual tickets. There's nothing I can even print out. Yeah. So you take me or you don't go. Okay. Oh <laughs> settled that. <laughs> yeah, we're doing a whole surprise for Ryan. He doesn't know like what we're doing. Uh-huh. We're we're seriously just gonna get in the car and drive. Yeah. And um, Val's not going. She's not in hockey. And we're going to see just we're not going to lie to him and say, like, you know, like, because God forbid he thinks we're going to leave him out in the field or something. But yeah. <laughs> but, you know, as we get closer and closer to Philly, he's just you know, let him guess. If he guesses the Flyers game, I'll be surprised. Who are they playing? The Bruins. Oh, nice. Our cousin's favorite team. Nice. So we're going to call our cousins when like when we're there. And kind of say, yeah, I guess where we're calling from. <laughs> 100 level. That's yeah. A- well, you you know me. I cannot do nosebleeds. Yeah. And they don't really have a mosh pit at the hockey game. Yeah. <laughs> oh, un- unless you got skates on. Yeah. we. Uh- <laughs> unless you got skates on. Yeah. He's, he watched a lot of hockey. He was watch- we were watching the Calgary game uh, against the Flyers. The Flames. And, uh, oh, my God. That- there was one guy there. Boy, he got a temper on him. He was going after everybody. See, that's another thing I've been trying to do in NHL 21 is I've been trying to instigate fights to beef up my to beef up my penalty minutes. Yeah, I don't know who this guy's name is, but he's like grabbing sticks and yeah, and he's he's punching people and just my it's like and he is just going nuts. And they weren't really letting people fight in this game, but he was taking wild swings of people anyway. Nice, you know. And it's like they just let him in the game. That's cool. It's like oh, but but God forbid you touch someone wrong in the NFL and they tend you to the locker room. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, oh, don't do that. Yeah, don't do that. You know the NFL, the no fun league. Ah, uh, they have fun. I once went to a I once went to a UFC fight and a hockey game broke out. You know, I I enjoy I mean I, I don't envy the referees in any NFL game because boy, those guys probably get their their house egged on a good day. Yeah. You know. And and especially when you can see the bad call. When you can see hands and going up, it's like, well and then and the and the the um the announcers always say the same thing when that happens. Well, yeah, they're just letting them play. Yeah. No, he missed it. Hey, how did you miss? It's like, yeah. Oh yeah. And believe me, as a lifelong Raiders fan, I've been on the bad end <laughs> of a lot of bad fucking calls. I know. It seems like the refs are always against Dallas too, and I don't know why. America's team. I didn't, I didn't get a vote. Right. Thank you. You <laughs> saved me. You saved me. Oh, shit. Third yeah. base. <laughs> um, yeah. Um, the, hockey Hockey is an enjoyable sport. I, I, I really do like hockey. Um, 
since I started getting back into it, mm-hmm. I've become a Las Vegas Golden Knights fan. Okay. I love the style of play. You know, they're the good, fast-paced, fast-paced hockey, uh, hard-nosed team, and it's Vegas. You know. Yeah. Years years ago, I was a fan, kind of, and the only reason I became a fan is because there was a team called the Tampa Bay Lightning, and it was really cool to get lightning on a T-shirt. Yeah. <laughs> and that was like the only reason. And then, of course, I just I don't watch hockey. Then they win championships. And now, God forbid, I look like a bandwagon jumper. Yeah. Uh, well, yeah, shit. Uh, what? Two in a row. Yeah. Two in a row. Um, But, yeah, I became a I became a Golden Knights fan. Mm. So, like, Jesse and I have a plan. Um, maybe next year what we want to do is we want to go out to Vegas mm. for a long weekend. We want to catch a Golden Knights game at the, at uh, yeah. at the T-Mobile Arena. Okay, catch a Golden Knights game on a Friday or Saturday night, and then catch a Raiders game at Allegiant. All right, if you guys go out there, you have to just at least one day dress like Fear and Loathing. Okay, get, get Hunter. He could be Hunter S. Thompson. No, I'm going bald. I could be Hunter. No. <laughs> I'm going bald. I'll be Hunter Thompson. Yeah, but you can look. You look like the other guy now. Eh. With the beard and the scraggly hair. Or right. he needs like the sunglasses and the suit. Yeah, okay. <laughs> okay. Well, yeah, we'll put a bald wig on Jesse. But shave his head. No. Don't, no, no, no. If he's going to do this, he's going to do it right. Shave but, it into a skull. Besides, yeah, exactly. He 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 deserves at least that. Yes. <laughs> you're, you're a dick. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so I know our, thi- our thing is to do no preparation. But I had a brain. I had a brilliant idea today during the day, and that's why I texted you. Yeah. So, this is next to no preparation, yeah. and I did no preparation. Yeah. This, but I see you've got notes. Because I forget shit. Yeah. And I, if I if I forget things, you know, I just want to, you know, go ahead. You tell the theme, and then I'll say why I have notes. What I want to, what I would like to talk about is. The greatest debut albums or debut albums, if you will. Uh, That's not what you told me. Oh, shit. So I, I, I watched the whole Lord of the Rings during lunch for nothing? <sighs> Kidding, Jim. Never watching it. Now. <laughs> <laughs> the, greatest de- <laughs> the greatest debut albums ever. Yes. And the reason I took notes is because I... I don't know sometimes what the first album was or what wasn't the first album. Yeah. And it's like, I didn't want to accidentally put one on there and then have some, some geek out there. Well, actually, you know, and also some of the, and some of the ones that I actually thought were first albums weren't right. You know, and some that I didn't know were the first albums, you know? So it's like, I had to like really kind of like just really think about all, all my favorite bands. (laughs) All right, Ricky. (laughs) And there's, yeah, there's a shit ton. Okay, I'm back. <laughs> Hang on, I'm in the middle of a game now. You fucking jerk. <laughs> I never stopped recording, by the way. Uh, I know. All right, I I crashed. <laughs> uh, what, what, we're racing on our phone? Oh, it's called it's called Road Trip. It's something I had years ago, and I just, it's just something now that I, it's just a nice little stupid boredom game. Okay. All right, back to business? Back to business. All right. So, yeah, um... I I have the same thing. There are certain albums I thought were debuts, but mm-hmm. are not debuts. Yep. And for the sake of clarity, are we going to count EPs? I didn't. Although I could be wrong in what the first album was. I 
I tried to research them as best I could. Okay. But it's like, you know, when you're spending a couple hours at work researching like albums, I, you know, you don't want the, uh, the people watching the logs to say, what's going on here? <laughs> yeah. I got you. I got you. So what do you got? Well, start off with the easy one. Black Sabbath. I was about, uh, if you didn't go there, I was going to address the elephant in the room. Yeah. But I mean, the, the debut album is, is just, it, it, it's it can't be said not first right it's, it's it's the blue it's the blueprint for heavy metal yeah it's definitely a blueprint and it's just it still holds up to this day oh yeah you know it's just amazing what they did and especially considering the fact that it was recorded in a day yeah you know and they just you know it they weren't really going for a genre they were just you know Tony only had to tune down yeah because his fingers and it just created everything. There's so many great songs on that album. And just going off the top of my head, of course, you've got the title track. You've got Black Sabbath. Mm-hmm. All-time classic. Yeah. Um, you've got Behind the Wall of Sleep. Mm-hmm. NIB. Yeah. Um, what the hell? The Wizard. Yes. It's just such an incredible and iconic album. Yeah, and there's not actually that many songs on it. I think there's only six or seven. Some like that. It's it's not a it's not a long album. But then again, it's 1969. Yeah. You didn't have the technology that we have. I think today. there were longer songs. Yeah, uh, yeah, but it was still just—I mean, the picture on the cover, the old one by the mill. Yes, which I always thought was Ozzy when I was younger. Yeah, a lot of <laughs> pe- a lot of people did, but that you have, and and the opening track is Black Sabbath. Mm-hmm. You've got the rain mm-hmm. and the the bell. Mm-hmm. Uh, when when Mark and I saw Sabbath. On the on the on the final tour, they opened with that. Okay, they mm-hmm. opened with Black Sabbath, and we're at Camden at the BB and T Pavilion. And if I'm lying, I'm flying, and my feet ain't left the ground. Sabbath takes the stage, and it started fucking raining. Uh. <laughs> Mark and I freaked out. We were like, <laughs> "This is fucking awesome!" But yeah, that you cannot. I mean, uh, if you want to make a list of Greatest debut albums across any genre. Mm-hmm. You won't, you have to put the first Black Sabbath album. Yep. I got another one that you have to put on the greatest list of any debut albums ever, and I've become not so much of a fan of them in years gone in years like after the album. Yeah. Guns and Roses with Appetite for Destruction. Yep, I definitely had that one. That album is all killer, no filler. Yeah, that and that that really start jump started a whole bunch of stuff. Yeah, it did. You know, because I you know, and that that came out in almost like the middle of the hair metal scene. Yeah. I think that came out in eighty nine, right? Yeah, I think that I yeah, around that time. Yeah, so it was like there was already a lot of stuff out there and Axel and company just Well what hang on. When did Permanent Vacation come out? Eighty eight. Okay, so it was eighty eight. Because I saw Guns N' Roses open for Aerosmith okay. on the Permanent Vacation Tour. All right. Well, then, yeah, it's still right in the middle there when you still had a lot of, you know, all the hair bands were just making their own, and then this comes this sleazy, greasy... Hair gi- metal with an edge. Yeah, that's really what it was. Even the video, the first video was um, Welcome to the Jungle. Axel stepping and, off the bus. Yeah, and Axel has his hair all teased up to the moon, which he, one time, one time you saw it that yep. way. And that was it. 
Yeah, that that album was a game changer. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and they're from top to bottom. There's not a stinker on that record. No, and it was a um, it was just amazing everything that they did. And it drips with attitude. Oh yeah, you, especially some of the like the deeper cuts on the album, like um, it's so easy. Yeah, you could t- you could feel the mm-hmm. anger, and you're crazy. You're crazy. There, that just, there's this, there's this just, and those were the ones that didn't make like MTV. Right. That you had to buy the album to hear. And that's one of those times when it's like, it was good that you can buy the album. And yes, it works. Here's another one from that. Rocket Queen. Oh, uh, <laughs> Rocket Queen was always that one that I was like, I never understood that. No one. It's just, what is a Rocket Queen? I don't know either. But another great, and probably my favorite song on the album. Was another one that was never a single. My Michelle. Yes. I fucking love that song. Mm. Yeah. And everybody knew someone named Michelle that probably. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, but did daddy work in porno? Yeah, that was. And those, Dan, like all those, those songs weren't really about partying and those songs weren't about having a good time. They were about, hey, life is hard. Yeah. And shit's bad. Yeah. And and his and Axel's delivery mixed with Slash's guitar, and even between like Steven and um and and Duff, yeah. you know. The pa- and let's not forget Izzy Stradlin. I'm not gonna forget Izzy. I mean, you know, but the the whole band was perfect at that time. And I, I mean, Adler Adler was a great drummer, no doubt. Mm-hmm. But to me, the unsung hero of Guns and Roses was Duff McKagan. Great fucking bass player, and you could tell, you could hear a lot of his punk sensibilities in his playing. Yeah, just you know, like the the runs he does and the thing, the way that Duff plays things, you could tell he's got a he's got a background. He had a background yeah. in punk. Oh yeah, and and his bass work on it's so easy. Oh yeah, I mean that is just sounds beautiful just to hear it. I mean, he's not a background player on that. No, dude. I mean, and there's nothing. There's no sound. I mean. You know me. I I I love my Rickenbacker. Mm-hmm. Okay, and there's no sound like a Rickenbacker. But that unmistakable Fender P bass mm-hmm. through probably he was probably I'm saying playing through a Sun. Yeah, I'm not sure what or, it was. you know, but whatever amp, it's got that distinctive Fender P bass sound to it. That that bass right here mm-hmm. has. For those, since this is not a visual thing, <laughs> I have my P bass sitting right next to us. But yeah, it's. I mean, Duff's Duff's work on ever, all the Guns and Roses stuff was great. Oh yeah, but Appetite was like punch punch in the mouth out of the gate. Yes, and if you were listening to that, you were. I mean, everybody just like you know flocked to you. Oh yeah, you know every and the the, the even the art was beautiful on the album cover. Yeah. Even it was the second art. It wasn't the first thing they picked, but even still, it was iconic. Right. And, but I did have the T-shirt with the original I, album I know. I remember that T-shirt. Yep. <laughs> and I had the Aerosmith Shit Happens shirt. <laughs> but, yeah, great album. What do you got next? Well, okay. I, I'm Guys, I figure if we go back and forth, you're going to cross these out. I mean, we are our taste change. So I'm going to go the next. We, we know this one intimately now. Kiss. Yes. Their debut album, and it has one of my be- my favorite Kiss songs on it, Black Diamond. Yeah. You know, I mean, the first Kiss album is just, uh, it was a masterpiece. It was. And uh, you and I have had this conversation many times over the years. There are bands that change the game. 
Okay. Yes. There are bands that change the game. Mm-hmm. Kiss was one of them. Oh yeah, all over the place. Yep. You know, even though, and even though I know that they had beef with like some other. Uh, I'm trying to think what the word is like, like Alice Cooper and Guar and theatrical bands. theatrical bands. That's what I'm looking for. They had they had beefs with a lot of theatrical bands. Gene was convinced everyone was stealing things from Kiss. Well, Gene, even if they did it years before Kiss, Gene invented water. You know. You know, Gene invented water. I mean, I I know I've I've heard I've seen uh, so many different takes on that. It's like you know, oh yeah, you know, we we started doing it, then they started. It's like, well, yeah. I mean, even if they did that, doesn't mean they're stealing. Hey, they, <laughs> they played an E chord there. Can we sue them? We can certainly try. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for stepping in. Thank you for stepping in, Peter. Okay, I got one for you. Yeah. Dio's Holy Diver. Boom, on the list, baby, yes. Talk about a great album. You've yep. got one of the most iconic voices in heavy metal. Uh, coming off of a stint with Black Sabbath. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I mean, Ronnie Dio, of course, he had Elf, which... Yes, he, didn't go very far. No, but he later merged a lot of the members of Elf in with yeah. Richie Blackmore to form Rainbow. Mm-hmm. Rainbow had a stellar career. Okay. Yes. Rainbow had a stellar career. Then he joins Black Sabbath after the departure of Ozzy. Does two great albums with Sabbath. And then he puts together Dio. And you've got so many great, great songs on that album. Mm -hmm. And the two that everybody knows, Rainbow in the Dark and the title track, Holy Mm -hmm. Diver. Yeah. But, oh my God, Vivian Campbell on guitar. um, He just put together... I think it was Carmine Apathy on drums. It might have been. But it doesn't matter. It was just a killer album. Yeah. Uh, the iconic artwork of the devil there, <laughs> you know, with the, you know, the preacher chained, chained up and thrown in the lake. Yeah. It's literally Holy Diver. It's like... Yes. <laughs> yeah, Dio, Dio I, I've, I've loved over the years. And, only, and because he... And, and I know we, I've talked about like the, the D&D metal... Yes. He did it too. Oh, yeah. I mean, all of his videos were is like him dressed as a barbarian, wielding swords. It's it's power metal before power metal. Yeah. And it was like, you know, and I think Man of War probably got some. Oh, yeah. Some definite, you know, vibes off of that because it's like what it's what you know he did. And yeah, metal guys are geeks. Yeah. <laughs> Ross, the boss, looked at Dio and said, we can do that. Yeah. But yeah, that's I mean, such an uh, such a phenomenal record. And you know anything Dio did mm-hmm. uh, was just awesome. Yes, he and even yeah, everything he did was just he he couldn't do anything wrong. I I will agree. I will agree. Even when he went back and did uh, the Dehumanizer album, when he stepped back into Sabbath for a mm-hmm. minute, the Dehumanizer album was awesome. And then when uh, he went back a third time. And Sharon said, no, you can't use your name, Brad Sabbath. Yes, yep. Um, and they became Heaven and they Hell. They became Heaven and Hell. Uh, one of his best uh, Black Sabbath albums. Yeah. Good thing to name it. I cannot disagree. Um, I mean, that was another one, though, that they didn't have Bill Ward on drums. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think Cozy Powell stepped yeah. in for that. But Cozy, I believe, was on... I don't. I don't think Cozy was on... Heaven and Hell, but I think he was on Mob Rules. Yeah, I know. I know. There's two different. I know there was two different ta- cuts of Mob Rules. Yes, 
and and I'm I I have them both, and they're both good in their own right. Yeah, you know. Now, yeah, yeah, you had the album cut and then the cut from heavy metal. Yeah, and they're two very different cuts. Yes, I like the heavy metal cut, but yeah, the the other one's good too. Now, I'm gonna do a twofer because these bands are linked at the hip, and. They even had two similar sounding songs on their first debut albums. I know where you're going. Megadeth with Killing Is My Business and Metallica with Kill Em All. Yep. The Mecha- and I just realized they both have Kill in the title. <laughs> right. And you have The Mechanics and The Four Horsemen. Yes. Different lyrics, different tempos, same song. Yeah. And they both were just awesome. I mean, to, to, for Dave Mustaine to be part, first off, to be part of Metallica, he would have been on a great debut album one way or the other. Right. You know. and, and, and but the thing with him going off and form after well not going off but being yeah. sent away, mm-hmm. being sent off, and then forming Megadeth is the attitude. Yeah, you know, Mustaine had Mustaine had a grudge. Oh yeah, he had he had something to prove, and he did it with Killing Is My Business. Yeah, and I'm telling, if if there's yeah if ever grudge a grudge had a had a sound. It's Megadeth's all early albums. Oh, yeah. You know? Oh, yeah. I mean, he was just, it was angry, angry metal. Yeah. Well, I mean, by all accounts, Dave was a miserable, angry drunk anyway. Oh, yeah. But, I mean, even when you put it against, like, Metallica's early stuff. Yeah. I mean, as they as both bands kind of flowed up the charts or through the albums, Dave stayed angry. <laughs> yeah. And Metallica's like, no, let's put a harmonica in there. You know, like, they kind of mellowed. Yeah, like yeah, they put the hurdy gurdy in, you know, yeah. in, in uh, memory remains. Yeah, but even like call the Cthulhu. Yeah, you know the 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 roots were there that they were already like doing a lot of experimental stuff right early on. But Dave's like, nope, I'm still angry. Yeah, another album about how you're an asshole. <laughs> yeah, well, dude, uh, I've I've often wondered. You know, this isn't on killing is my business. It's on so far so good. So what? Uh-huh. I often wondered who Liar was about. I think that was about Chris Poland. Okay, that makes sense because Poland uh, yeah, got he, the boot after. Yeah, so after, he actually stole a lot of equipment for and sold it for drugs. Ah, uh, okay. Yeah, I'm pretty sure I saw an interview. That's, about, that's right. And he, they're not. And he's not shamed about it. That's who that's about. Steal money, crash cars, rob jewelry, hot guitars. Makes yeah. sense. Yeah, makes sense. Uh, yeah, that one. Oh. That's a fucking angry song. Yeah, exactly. But Dave Mustaine was like never he was never uh, shy about making an angry song. And I know he made other ones, too, that I think were about Lars and Kirk. And uh, there there were ones that I can't remember their names offhand, but it was about stuff like what they did. Yeah. You know, and I, I, I can understand it, especially if you look at it from Dave Mustaine's point of view. He got booted out of what would have what became the biggest heavy metal band ever in the world yeah you know hundreds of millions of dollars in net worth for each member of the band not just james and lars Mm -hmm. you know um just ridiculous sums of money ridiculous amounts of success and he got woken up and given a greyhound bus ticket from new york back to back to san francisco Mm -hmm. yeah i mean you know and the whole story about just how he did everything. It's just amazing to just pick yourself back up 
And he wrote, I mean, I think I think he co-wrote a lot of the songs on 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 um Kill Yeah, he's, he's got a lot of writing credits so, on Kill Mall. So he had to ditch most of that and write a whole new album, except for Mechanics. Yeah. And I like them both. Yeah. I like Mechanics and I like The Four Horsemen. I like them both. Yeah. You know? I mean, The Four Horsemen is just, that's a, it's an awesome sound, song, and Mechanics is an awesome song, too. Yeah. It, 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 fantastic albums. Mm-hmm. Which could, but that those two there could actually lead me down a different path. But we're not going to do that today. We're going to try and stay on track a little bit with de- with debut albums. Okay, <laughs> well, let's, let's stay the course. Stay the stay course. The course. <laughs> Here's one, and I'm not going to count EPs. All right, Queens Rikes the Warning. Oh, I forgot about that one. Holy shit! Damn. See, yeah. I, this is why. This is why I knew there was shit I was going to forget. Right, Queens Rikes the Warning. Yeah. I mean, of course they released a four-song EP mm-hmm. before that that has some great stuff on it. It has The Lady Wore Black, um, Queen of the Reich, but you get to The Warning. You have the title track, The Warning. Yeah. Um, such a such a great song. NM-156, mm-hmm. which is Queens Rikes pretty much at their most experimental. Yeah. But all in all, a great record. And um, hair metal, sort of, but they've got a lot of progressive elements in it. They get the hair metal vibe because Jeff Tate just knows how to belt. Oh, yeah. You know? Yeah. I mean, his lyrics, it's just, it's just you know, it's just the way he sings is just awesome. Yeah. I, I mean, Jeff Tate, I, I, I'll give, I'll give Queens right credit for finding a guy that could do what Tate does mm-hmm. when they booted him from the band. Well, when they got Todd Latour in, yeah, Todd Latour at this point does Jeff Tate almost better than Jeff Tate does. Mm. But don't get me wrong, I know it. It always, it, you know, and and this goes down a road too. It's like I, I just, I'm glad when bands like Black Sabbath, you get another singer, you change, like you let him do his thing. Yes, and I wish sometimes these bands, you know, just. Get a new say if you get a new singer, let them do their thing. Take Anthrax, the, Anthrax, John Bush, exactly. And so many have done it, but then also you have ones like you know Journey, and um, I think uh, Alice in Change, kind of. Yeah, you know, it's like they 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 try to maintain the same singing. Yeah, and it's like you can grow from this. You can, you can, but there's another one. Hmm. Well, actually, it's your turn. Go for it. Oh. Yeah, my mine isn't going that way. Uh, Ozzy, Blizzard of Oz, fucking great album. Now, okay, he's given the boot from yep. from Black Sabbath, um, and I, she's not my favorite person in the world. But Ozzy would be dead mm-hmm. if it wasn't for Sharon Osbourne. Yeah, if it wasn't for Sharon, Ozzy would be dead. But you know, she she forces him to pull himself up by his bootstraps, put a band together, and. We're given the gift of Randy Rhodes. Yes. And now, don't get me wrong. I think he would have. He. I think he would have gotten, you know, a big platform eventually with Quiet Riot mm. had he stayed there. I don't know. I mean, Quiet Riot broke. I. I. I, I know, but I don't. I mean, it was like Ozzy. It was. 
Ozzy, it was like the perfect. That was lightning in a bottle. It was, yeah, I mean, there was a perfect album at its time. Oh, yeah. And that's another album that there's not a stinker on. There's some I don't care for. I'm not a big fan of No Bone Movies. Eh. There, there's there's not yeah whoa whoa <laughs> I've been listening to a lot of Ozzy lately. <laughs> Gee, I wonder why. But um, I'll, I'll but give for the you, but for the most part, it's a great album. I'll give you no bone movies. Yeah. Um, if you listen to the expanded uh, the expanded version of that, mm-hmm. there's a song called "Looking at You, Looking at Me," mm-hmm. which I think could have replaced something like no bone movies. Yeah. But you've got some absolute fucking bangers on there. Mm. You open up with I Don't Know. Oh, great song. The guitar riff to that is just amazing, okay? Yeah. Well, Rhodes' work is just amazing, period. Mm -hmm. You've got I Don't Know, Crazy Train, Revelation, Mother Earth. Um, I'm going out of order here, but... Oh, yeah, but... Mr. Crowley. Yes. Oh, my God. Um, Randy's guitar solo, D. Yes. Uh, What the hell else? Goodbye to Romance. There is just so much great shit on that album. And to think that they recorded that and Bark at the... Or not Bark at the Moon, Diary of a Madman, mm-hmm. pretty much back to back. Yeah, it shows too. You can... Oh, yeah. But it, it, to think that they recorded two amazing fucking records that close together just shows you what Ozzy had at that time. Yeah, and there's also a lot of people, I know I've heard of for like debut albums, why they're so good and why the sophomore album sometimes sucks is because you've had like 30, you know, like how long to write this album. Right. Diary of a Madman, I mean, not Diary of a Blizzard of Oz, it's not like he had that sitting in his pocket for the next Black Sabbath album. No. You know, Black Sabbath gave him the boot. He decided, yeah, I'm not doing shit. You know, and then Sharon helps him up and, you know, says, let's let's finish. Let's fix this thing up. And and they write some killer songs. Right. But, yeah, I, I mean, Ozzy had a, a, an all star band really assembled. You had Lee Kerslake on the drums from Black Oak, Arkansas. Mm-hmm. OK, you had Bob Daisley on the bass from, and Bob Daisley was everywhere. And you have Randy Rhodes, who he left, you know, he had left his band Quiet Riot. But Randy Rhodes was a music teacher, okay? Mm-hmm. So he had the patience to work with Ozzy and to develop these melodies that Ozzy had in his head. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and, and it, it shows. And to think, I mean, it, I would, it, it would be, it's amazing to me to even think what Randy Rhodes could have done had he not died. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God, yeah. It just all and I can't even imagine what like songs he would still be writing to this day. Yeah, you know he's just was that amazing. I mean, often copied. Yeah, you know, and it's just like you know if you play the wrong note on some of his solos, it's sacrilege. You, I, you get it right or you don't try it. See, and that's why I will never go see an Ozzy tribute band. Mm-hmm. I named my first son after fucking Randy Rhodes for Christ's sakes. Mm-hmm. Okay, I if, if you play a note wrong in a Rhodes solo, I'm gonna know it. Yeah, it's and yeah. I'm gonna pick it apart. Yep, he is. He, he he was amazing. Yeah, and um, I was I was gifted uh the tribute album 
Ah. Oh. Someone gave that to me as as a, like a birthday or just some sort of a gift, and uh, that that has that if you to listen to Rhodes, to, I don't like live albums. Uh huh. That one is my exception. That album is a um, that's killer. Mm-hmm. That is, I mean, that's a flaw to me. That's a flawless live album. Mm-hmm. Now that was supposed to come out before Randy died. Mm-hmm. There was plans to release that before Randy died, but Ozzy shelved it. And that's why we got um, Speak of the Devil. Yeah. Which had Brad Gillis on guitar and nothing but Black Sabbath covers. Ozzy couldn't bring himself to even <laughs> listen to it. I just, I actually bought that one recently at a Comic-Con. What? Speak of the Speak Devil? Speak of the Devil. Not a bad album. Well, it was. It's weird. It's like I go to this. I go to this Comic Con, which is mainly just you know a lot of geek stuff. There's one guy there has albums, you know, and he has Speak of the Devil. I said, oh, I'll take that. Nice. <laughs> it's, like, it's not a bad album. I mean, Brad Gillis. No, it, it, it's it, the visuals is funny because it looks like Ozzy just chewing on Jello. That, that I think that's what it was. I think yeah, it was. I think it was like, great jelly. Yeah, it's not even. It's not scary. No. You know, but then again, neither was Bark at the Moon. No, that was camp. Yeah, it was very campy. All right. What do you got next? Or is it my Your t- turn. It's my go? Yep. Judas Priest with Rockarola. Ah, didn't put that one on. I wasn't a fan of that album. Really? Yeah. Yeah, I have it. I have it. And I just, I just was not, I was more screaming for vengeance. But, okay, um, you were later on. Yeah. Um, The Stained Class. Okay. And British Steel. Those are my three favorites. So I okay. wasn't a fan of Rockarola. Rockarola, it's very different from what Priest became. Mm-hmm. And uh, even if you go back and you find the video for Rockarola, like it, it's like a BBC Top of the Pops thing. Yeah. The look is so different. They're all hippied out. Yeah, I know. Even the album, I know the album is like has like is like a, a so, bottle a, cap. A bottle cap. And yep. it's like, yeah, I don't know. I just. I have it. I just never really got into it. There's but, some good shit on it. Oh, I don't doubt it. It's Priest. Oh, yeah. Uh, pr- uh, priest. So that's, I said, that's why you're here for the glaring omissions on my list. Right. <laughs> and there's, I mean, there's, there have been very few missteps in Priest's catalog. And I, I, I mean, I'm a fan of Rockarola. Mm-hmm. I think it's a great record. I, in fact, I have an original pressing on Gull Records. Nice. Yeah. I have an original pressing on Gull Records. Fucking badass. Oh. What do you got? Uh, I'm trying to think of which one to do, which one to do. Because I'm thinking these, there's ones on my list that I know you're going to have. Uh-huh. So I, I'm, I'm going to save those for you. So I'm going to say this one. Park Avenue leads to Skid, Skid Row. Row. That was an awesome debut. Yes. At the height of hair metal. Yes. And... It connected with everybody at that era. Youth Gone Wild was us. Yeah. <laughs> um, there's uh, there's a lot of great stuff on that album. Mm-hmm. You've got Youth Gone Wild. Let's go through the obvious. You've got Youth Gone Wild, mm-hmm. 18 in Life. Yep. I Remember You. Yes. And then you get into the deeper cuts. Sweet Little Sister. Awesome song. Oh, God. What am I missing off Big of Guns. Big Guns. Pointed at my heart. Bang, bang, shoot <laughs> yeah. it like a firing squad. And, and again, Sebastian Bach, it's like, you know. The lone and, Canadian. Yeah, and, and I'll tell you what. That's sometimes with some of these bands, it's like you get those singers that just belt out these tunes, and the band likes to get rid of them. Yeah. <laughs> it's like. 
Well, I mean, we in, want we want a reunion. It's like no. <laughs> in in fairness, Sebastian's a dick. I've seen a lot of his interviews, so I know he's 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 polarizing. Yeah, he's well. If I were if I were Snake Sabo and Rachel Bolin, I wouldn't want that fuckwit back either. You know, when I when I sometimes see some of these singers that have left the band, I'm like sometimes um, Sebastian Bach almost reminds me of a younger version of David Lee Roth. Yeah, like you can't keep your mouth shut. You can't stop screwing about. Right. <laughs> it's like. Right, right. <laughs> a, a younger, more talented version of David Lee Roth. Hey, now. <laughs> You're an all-star. Oh, I forgot <laughs> Smash Mouth. <laughs> speaking, of da- speaking of David Lee Roth. Yes. You can't have a discussion of great debut albums without talking about Van Halen. Nope, and it's on here. <laughs> and you know me. I'm in the correct camp. I prefer... Sammy Hager era, David Lee. Uh, I thought David you Lee said Rock. you were in the correct camp. <laughs> I am. Because we'll dissect this in a bit. No, we won't dissect it. Yes, Sammy Hager did not have a good debut album. Well, no, not a good debut. Al- not a good debut album. <laughs> no. Actually, Sammy Hager's first solo record isn't bad, but we won't get into that. But <laughs> the first Van Halen album. Oh, my God. Eruption. Classic. Everyone knows Eruption. You know, it's their it's, cover of "You Really Got Me." Yes, running, like, running with the devil. Yep, the opening track, "Running yes. with the Devil." That uh, isn't is Mean Streets on there? It might be. Ice Cream Man is on there. Ice Cream Man, which <laughs> it's such a euphemism. It's such a t- yeah. That's a fun song. Yeah, we actually me skinny and uh, I think I think it was Craig Conklin. We actually did an air band version of that in like eighth grade <laughs> for uh, like for the local for the junior highs air band competition oh yeah that that uh van the van hill and one album one of my favorites yeah great album um i mean don't ever don't ever search out david lee roth's isolated vocals from it because <laughs> then you'll understand well, no i might have to Oh, don't do it. Especially <laughs> running with the devil. <laughs> I enjoy stuff like that. I've heard some pretty bad ones over there. I was like, the mix can clear everything up. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. DLR's vocals were absolutely helped by the <laughs> instrumentation in that. And also, um, oh, shit, the bass player's name. Mike Anthony. Mike Anthony. He was always the backing guy. Yep, and the high harmonies. Yeah. Yep. Uh, uh, amazing album. Uh, that was... You know, that was the early L.A. metal scene. Yes. You know, that was before hair bands. That that yeah, that was one of the it, like one of the ones that people probably looked at and said, we can look and act like that. But of course, they probably looked at Hanoi Rocks and uh, New York Dolls and said, no, no, that. Yeah. <laughs> but now you but then you should should have thought to create the perfect storm. We can play like Van Halen <laughs> and look like Hanoi Rocks. Yeah. Rat. Yes. Rat. Out of the cellar. Yep, that was... Yeah. Those were guys that looked like fucking Hanoi Rocks, <laughs> but could play like Van Halen. Yeah, very true. I never thought of that. Because, I mean, think about this. Just the guitar players mm-hmm. in Rat. Warren D. Martini and Robin Crosby. Okay? You're fucking badass guitar players. You know... Uh, that was hair metal on a on a different level musically. Mm-hmm. 
because they could play better than the rest of their contemporaries or most of their contemporaries. Yeah. You know, there was no other guitar players that played quite like Warren Demartini and Robin Crosby. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you had Juan Crucier on bass and Bobby, uh, was it Bobby Blotzer on the drums? Uh, I want to say it's Bobby Blotzer. Okay. Uh, was the drummer for Rat. And of course, Probably. Stephen Piercy on vocals. That was a fucking killer band. Those guys had so much talent and got lumped in with hair metal because of the look. Oh, yeah. Well, I'm being from L.A. And, and being from L.A. Yeah, it was like that whole scene. It didn't matter who you were or what you did. You got lumped in with that, whether you were part of it or not. But that was another great debut album was Rat Out of the mm-hmm. Cellar. Uh, I think that was their debut. I know. Well, I de- they were another one with an EP. Okay, but, but I and I have that EP. Oh, uh, the Rat and Roll. Yeah, but and it was funny that I got the EP and all it has on is Rat, okay. and I had to do a little research to figure out what it was. Oh, this was their EP that was only released in California. How did it show up in somebody's yard sale here? Well, that fucking tape trading used to be a thing, dude. Yeah. How how did the No Life to Leather demo <laughs> get all around the world? Uh, Imagine having that on cassette, like tenth generation copy. <laughs> Jesus Christ. I think we had something like that with Dr. Dirty. I, yeah. kn- I know we passed around Dr. Dirty stuff. Oh, yeah, we did. That <laughs> that and uh, Je- the Jekyll and Hyde show of Disgust and Filth. Yeah. We we really... D- I, know, I know I didn't do a lot of tape trading. You know, a lot of it was, you know, hey, listen to this and then give it back when we're done with it. Right. Here, make a copy of this and give me mine back. Yeah. Oh, God. That was... But yeah, the rat... Oh, I forgot. Until you brought it up. <laughs> You know, until you brought up the Hanoi Rocks thing, <laughs> along with the Van Halen musicality, that's what triggered Rat in my head. Yeah. Because I always thought that they were so much better musically than most of the hair bands. Mm-hmm. Like, cause you, and here's another one that we could talk about later. We could talk about. You bring up Poison in the same breath as Rat. Mm-hmm. It really is apples to oranges. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It was, po- po- they, they all sound... Similar, but but very different. Right. And the look, I think, was what always kind of like, you know, and everybody really just wanted to get signed at that point. So you did what you know, your your uh, AR guy told you to do. Yep. You don't you don't say, you know, that's why I still say that's why Axl Rose had the high hair in the video. Yeah, because Don Dawkins did. He told him to do it. Right. You know, and it's a and, and he never had it again, but you had to have it in that first video to identify. Right. I think Duff even had teased up hair in that video. He might have. I know Steven did. Yeah. I know Adler did. But Poison, look what the cat dragged in. Mm-hmm. That is for hair metal. That's a freaking great. Yeah. And it's a fun album. Debut album. I mean, at first I thought they were chicks. When I looked at the cover, I thought it was four girls. Um, but there's so much good stuff on that. Um. Talk dirty to me. Yeah, just look look what the cat dragged in is an awesome song. Though, you know. A great way to start a show, too. Yeah. And, a and, great way to start a and, show. And we've been there uh-huh. where <laughs> you, you, you get in it, you know, a couple hours in the morning. And it's like, oh, my God, what what have I done? Yeah. It's, went to bed too late and got up too soon. Yeah. Oh, Lord, my head's still swimming from too much booze. Yeah. Been there, done that. But then you you, you got to talk about talk dirty to me. Mm-hmm. I won't forget you. Yeah, cry tough. There's so many 
you know, just iconic hair metal songs on that record. Oh, yeah. It's almost like a greatest hits before greatest hits. Yeah. That and that's a perfect, perfect uh, example of what you said before. You've got your whole life to write your first record. Yeah. But a year to write your sophomore. Right. And like talk dirty to me mm-hmm. uh, or not talk dirty to me. Look what the cat dragged in shows that, mm-hmm. you know, and don't get me wrong. Open up and say, ah, it's a good record. Oh, yeah. But I think they were good up to flesh and blood. Well, even including flesh and blood. I was going to say, I listened to Flesh and Blood yeah. this week. Native Tongue was, yeah. That's the one that has, um, that's the one that has the other guitar player on it. Yeah. Uh, wait, shit, there was two other guitar players. That's the one with Richie Kotzen. Mm-hmm. And then they did one with Blues Saraceno. Right. And then CC came back. Man, there's a name I haven't heard in so long. Blues Saraceno? And he was all over the magazines back then. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right, what do you got next? All right, next. This will take you back to the table. Danzig. Yes. Danzig's first album, which was supposed to be a Sawan album. Yep. It's not Samhain. It's Sawan. <laughs> okay. Um, it's not pronounced fucking Samhain. It's pronounced Sawan. But anyway, I'm letting my inner pagan out. Um, <laughs> the first Danzig record. You've got, in my estimation, the iconic Danzig lineup. Mm-hmm. You've got, of course, Glenn Anzalone, mm-hmm. Glenn Danzig, on vocals. You've got John Christ on guitar, not Johnny Christ, the fucking bass player from Avenged Sevenfold. He stole his name. You've got John Christ on guitar. You've got Erie Vaughn on bass and Chuck Biscuits on the drums. Yep. What a fucking lineup. If you're if you're into old school punk like I am, those names just fucking resonate. Yeah. Okay. And there there's another album that does not really have a stinker on it. No. Mother. Twist of Cain. Um I get this one always mixed up with Lucifuge. Because both of them was her black wings on that one? Her black wings is on you Lucifuge. See, I they were so similar. Of feels well, and here I'll take it a little step further. Add one note to the riff of Twist of Cain and change the tempo slightly, and you've got Snakes of Christ. Yes, <laughs> yeah. But oh god, there's so much good shit on the first Danzig record, and it really set the tone for what he would do. Mm-hmm. You know, going down the line. But Twist of Cain, Mother, oh, what the hell else is on there? So I say I get I get Lucifuge mixed up with it because they're so similar in feels. Yeah, but oh my god, that's such a good album. Oh fuck, I completely I that that one would have completely slipped my mind. Yeah, I I just it was and uh, from the album artwork that's that horn skull. Yeah, which I had the T-shirt. Yep, and not many people had the T-shirt because it was that was pretty goddamn dark for that period of, you know that time period you have people going around with skulls on the t-shirts yeah you know n- nobody was really doing that except the hardcore guys yeah it was like you know every and and I'm not bashing it because it, we all had them yeah everybody was wearing winger poison slaughter not me yeah oh shut up you were too but <laughs> no I was not but a lot of people were the, I I think the, the black t-shirt crew was in full force in our high schools but and but then you had a few of them who wore Slayer and Carcass present, you know, 
and Danzig was even included in the T-shirts that people got that it was a different style of music. You remember when Rockabilia was a thing? Yes. You're buying shit from them? Yeah. Rock. I had tons of T-shirts from Rockabilia. Same here. It's like you go on there. It's like, I'll take this one, this one, this one, this one, this one. And then you send them a, send them the check and, and get it. Oh, you get a box full of T-shirts. Yeah. Of bands that, oh, my God, it's like the best T-shirts. I got my Guar T-shirt from them. This is pre-Hot Topic, kids. Yes. They're still around, too. Oh, yeah. Rockabilly is still yeah. around. And I heard Metal Edge is making a comeback. Really? Yes. I might actually buy one just to see it. I, I would be interested in that. Oh, Danzig, you know, okay, that that sends me down to another. Let's let's stick with Glenn Danzig for a minute. The Misfits. Yeah, I did. I don't walk Walk Among Us. Was that their debut? I think that was the first one that was massively that okay. was mass released. Was Walk Among Us? Then yes, Twenty Eyes. I turned into a Martian. Oh, God. Skulls. All <laughs> mommy, can I go out and kill tonight? I just, I'm sorry. I just picture. I'm sitting across the tail from Byer again. <laughs> I, that's that's. I'm serious. That is like he would like praise the Misfits up and down, rightfully so. And he would, and he was constantly singing the songs. I never understood what the hell he was talking about. Oh, dude, him and I sitting at the lunch table singing Angel Fuck. I know, but it's like I, I wasn't into the Misfits at that time, and I didn't get into the Misfits until a little bit later on. And then it's like, hey, this is dancing. Yeah. <laughs> oh, shit. Uh, I mean, uh, 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 Blood Clot, we, act, we cover a Misfits song. We do... Uh, uh, God, what the fuck is it? da 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 with uh, Astro Zombies. Mm -hmm. Fun song. Yeah, Misfits actually always had... Uh, that was a fun horror punk rock. Yes. And they were just fun songs. Even though the songs were... If you listen to the lyrics, eh, but they're dark. You know, but <laughs> they're good songs. Yeah. I mean, even when you get into their later stuff, is is great music. But Earth, uh, Walk Among Us mm -hmm. is... that's That is the blueprint for horror punk. Yeah. You know? There wasn't a lot of... Well... They could say the blueprint. They were the originator. I mean, that's there was not a lot of horror punk out there. Right. They're they're just. I mean, no one else did it like the Misfits, you know, or Sam Salwin. <laughs> you know, like November Coming Fire, and even you know, no one did it like all that stuff. Right. They were like the originators and the only. It's like that is their own genre. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I mean, there's been a few horror punk bands since then, but it was the Misfits. Yeah. You know? All right. What do you got next? Okay, I'm trying. I'm gonna. I'm gonna say, Guar. Hello, great album. I love that album. Hello is a great album, but that's one of those bands <laughs> that we could have another fucking discussion on this. Where the sophomore record is better. Oh yeah. Oh, is better than the debut. I agree. I agree. The sophomore is better than the debut, but I love all the stuff on. Oh, Hello, Hello is a great album. You know, Ollie North, A E I O U, Dead Dog. Yes. <laughs> I mean, I had so many written down. To Techno's song. <laughs> Time for Death. War Toy. Yeah. I mean, stuff that they still play live. Yep. You know, and it's on that, you know, and I have, and I'm lucky enough to have the Shimmy Desk version. Really? Yes, I have because I, I got it early enough. It's like not a hipster thing. It's just that after I heard Scum Dogs of the Universe, I said, well, I have to see what else they have out there. And yes. at that time, all they had out was Hello. Right. So I bought it. It's a great album. 
I mean, I, and Guar is another one of those bands. Guar is evergreen, mm-hmm. you know, and they they keep everything fresh. They keep everything fucking fun. Yeah, Guar is a fun band. Oh, they are, and one of the greatest live spectacles you will <laughs> ever see. If you ever have the opportunity, go see Guar live. I'll see them in probably in a, in a bit, maybe another year or two. Next time they come around. Yeah. Well, I know they're going to be in Philly, I think, in middle of the year next year. Well, maybe we'll go. I, I, say, I, I have to look at the schedule to see if they are or not. Yeah. I, if, if you're down, I'm down. Oh, you know always. Okay. You know, get Chuck to go, too. Make get Jim as well. Yeah, get Jim. Oh, oh, he needs he needs he needs Guar in his life. Yes, I mean yeah, he he went through the blood experience, man. He he can handle Guar show. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh shit. Okay, so is it my turn? Yes. Ooh, now I'm now I'm starting to think. Here, I'm going to stick with the hair metal. This is why you prep. No, <laughs> I'm going to stick with the hair metal. Yes, warrant. Didn't dirty, put, rotten, filthy, stinking. Rich. Yeah, I didn't put them on. That was, eh, I you know, there's a few songs on there I liked. I I dig it. I mean, the the opening track, Thirty Two Pennies. Mm-hmm. That's one of my that's one of my favorite Warren songs. <laughs> um, it was never a single, but I thought I just think Thirty Two Pennies. It's a really well written song, um, and I I'm a huge fan of Janie Lane's voice. Janie Lane had a just a fucking beautiful voice, and. Uh, that was another one cut down way too soon because oh, yeah. of his demons. Mm-hmm. You know, Janie Lane had a great voice, and Warrant still they're still soldiering on today mm-hmm. with a different singer. I think the only two original members are the two guitar players, but I could be wrong on that. Yeah, I think the drummer passed away too. I think I don't know. I'm not sure, but I always thought DRFSR was a great was a great fucking hair metal record. No, I, I didn't get. I didn't. I heard Cherry Pie first. You're okay, and then went backwards. Okay, and then by the time, well, Cherry Pie was more a favorite then. But that's another record where I think the sophomore is better than the debut. Mm. I think Cherry Pie is a much better album than DRFSR. Yeah, um, but DRFSR is excellent in its own right. You've got Heaven. Down Boys, Sometimes She Cries, yeah. Dirty Rotten Filthy Stinking Rich, uh, Big Talk. There's a lot of really good, oh, yeah. you know, just tasty hair metal songs on that mm. record. I think what got me against Warren to begin with, I didn't know what a Down Boy was. <laughs> it, just, it was so vague. Yeah. Oh, can we can we rewind to where we've been? Ooh, I wish you'd take a look and see the shape I'm in. Yeah. What's next? Okay. I'm going to leave the hair metal stuff up to you because I know you're going to mention them sooner or later. If not, I still have them. I'm going to go into some some deep stuff first. Stuff that really the Doors. The first Doors record. Yes. Before before Mr. Mojo Rising, mm-hmm. before, uh, before Morrison really got heavy into the psychedelics yeah but there's still some awesome uh soul kitchen oh is God. on that one awesome 20th century fox whiskey bar whiskey bar is light my of, fire light my fire is iconic 
Yeah. You know, Light My Fire is iconic. That one there, you know, and Ray Manzarek's work on that and John Densmore and Robbie Krieger, but Manzarek's keyboard work on Light My Fire mm-hmm. is just fucking amazing. And to think that he's doing, he's handling that melody, right? That iconic melody and playing a, a, a Fender Rhodes bass keyboard because the Doors didn't have a bass player. Right. You know, so he's handling the bass line and that keyboard melody at the same time. And Robbie Krieger, um, his guitar sound is instantly recognizable. You can hear a Doors song and you know it's a Doors song. Oh, yeah. Before the vocals even kick in, you know, the, the, that is a, that's one I would have never even thought of. Yeah, there's, I think I'm going to have a couple on the list that you didn't. But these are ones that I had to kind of go back and look. Oh, what was the debut album? Yeah. Did, you know, it's all bands that I really, really enjoyed. OK, uh, here, I got one that I got one for a classic, classic rock band. Mm-hmm. Rainbow. OK. Richie Blackmore's Rainbow. It's just that that's the name of the record. Yeah. Uh, opens up with Man on the Silver Mountain. What more mm. do you need to know? Oh, good song. That album. And, you know, that's really our introduction to Ronnie James Dio. Mm-hmm. Thank you, Mr. Blackmore. You know, I mean, Blackmore had a great career already with his stuff with Deep Purple. But, I mean, Rainbow, later on, they got a little poppier when they, you know, the Joe Lynn Turner era and stuff like that. But you go back and listen to um, listen to Richie Blackmore's Rainbow. It really is like a next logical step from Deep Purple for Blackmore. Yeah. That's a great album. If you've never heard it, if you've never heard that one start to finish, go back and check that out. 16th Century Green Sleeves. There's so much good stuff on that album. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Now it's time for a hard left. Okay. NWA, straight out of Compton. An all-time classic. Yes. All-time classic. I did not even know this was the, was the debut because I remember getting into this in junior high. Yeah. That is, um, that album right there, that is the, that's the blueprint for gangster rap. Yep. You know, that, and there's a few others from that era that, you know, really are ground zero for gangster rap. Mm-hmm. You've got NWA straight out of Compton. You know, such a and even before the movie, yeah, the song "Straight Out of Compton" was uh, was something that everybody knew. Oh yeah, everybody knew "Fuck the Police." Oh yeah, you know everybody knew that. You know that was the, that album, and I like my rap sensibilities are the old school gangster rap. Okay. That's where, because that's the rap I grew up with. Yeah, strange, strange enough. This is the the stuff that. Yeah. In these small towns, two suburban white kids from Eastern Pennsylvania. Yeah. And what it, the rap we grew up <laughs> listening to was fucking Ice Cube. Yeah. And NWA. You know, and you just hear and and the video of them walking through the streets. Yep. It's like you know, and and then in a weird way, yeah, 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 I'm gangster. Yeah, fuck <laughs> the police. It's like, but yeah, that that's a oh shit! I wouldn't, I would have never thought that. That's all. There's a there's gonna be some yeah hard left turns on my list. Uh, well, well, if if we're gonna go down that path, well, we don't have to go down that path. Just uh, there's plenty more. I've well, left, I, know, I left a lot of bands for well, you. I mean, there's another. I mean, there's something else in that direction right. that I could go. Yes, Doctor Dre's debut. 
Oh, the chronic. Yeah. Thank you. Mm-hmm. That is such an um, that's such a great record. I remember getting the chronic when I was stationed in Georgia. <laughs> I, I I'm like, oh shit, the new Dr. Dre dropped the solo album. I'm, I didn't even say dropped because dropped yeah. wasn't a thing yet. Oh, Dr. Dre released a solo album. I need this in my life. Yeah, and, I remember when people. I remember where I was when I first heard it as well. So it's funny we were in a, how different places. Yep, that was su- that's such a great album too, and you know, uh, and it, it introduced the world to Snoop. Mm-hmm. You know, and we could talk about Snoop's debut too if we wanted to, but I mean, Doctor. Oh God, the the Chronic by Doctor Dre. That album is so badass. That that that's like. That is almost the perfect gangster rap record. Yeah, I, re- I remember it coming out. I remember the album cover. I knew people that had it. I've never actually listened to it. It's it it's 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 awesome. Mm-hmm. Uh, pull up your Pandora and listen to it. You don't gotta say it with such disdain. Sure, I do. What do you got next? Prick. All right. <laughs> All right. I'm gonna stay on this. I'm gonna stay. We gotta stay with the rap for a little bit. Little bit. Okay. A couple guys from New York City. Beastie Boys, License to Ill. Yes. M- probably, <laughs> and uh, any of our any of our friends who are are like hardcore rap fans will probably shit on me for this. <laughs> but my favorite rap song of all time is on that album. All right, I'm gonna go through my. Wait, let's see if I can. If it's one of these, we got rhyming and stealing. Great song. She's crafty. Another great song. Girls. Nope. No Sleep Till Brooklyn. Nope. That's not it either, but they're all great songs. Fight for Your Rights. No, that's not it either. Brass Monkey. No, that's not it either. Okay, well, I'm... Paul Revere. (laughs) (laughs) And a cool little side note about that record. You know who did all the guitar work on it? Hmm. Carrie King of Slayer. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I remember hearing something about that. I think the guys from Slayer appear in the Fight for Your Right video. Yes. Because it was they were produced by the same guy. Mm. They were it was all Rick Rubin, Def Jam Records. You know, so Rubin had the in with Slayer, so he got Carrie to do the guitar work on it. <laughs> oh man, yeah, and then Carrie is so standoffish about everything not Slayer. Yeah, it's like uh, yeah, I'll do it, I'll do it. I don't care. I'm doing, I'm doing it because I'm metal. There. Yeah. <laughs> This is the most metal thing I could do is play on a rap record. <laughs> oh, the God. Oh, shit. That is a killer album. Yes. That is. A, uh, and it's one of my favorites. I like that over Paul's Boutique and a lot of the other ones that I know the other ones are more seem to be more popular. I know Paul's Boutique, like people just love that one. But yeah, License to Ill was my favorite. Right. That one. That record is pure fun. Yeah. They got a little more experimental as they went on, you mm-hmm. know, when they did stuff like. Like sabotage and yeah, whatnot, intergalactic, which is, intergalactic, which is all great shit. Mm-hmm. But boom, license to ill man. You can't, you can't, you can't not like that record. Yeah, and ever whenever I think of No Sleep Till Brooklyn, my brain, my for some reason, my brain automatically goes No Sleep Till Brooklyn. No, nah, No Sleep Till Hammersmith. No, nah, No Sleep at all. <laughs> <laughs> right to motor. It's like it 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 shifts gears in my head. Yeah. And right away you go to right away Lemmy pops up. Yeah. <laughs> Fucking Mr. Lemuel Pillmeister. Oh shit. Uh here's one for you. Oh, fuck me, I forgot where I was gonna go. <laughs> Ice tea. 
What was his debut? Freedom of speech. Was just that his, watch, was, was I, that the debut? As far as I know. Oh. Freedom of speech. Just watch what you say. Yeah, I know that was the debut. I could have sworn he did something else before that because I thought he was. He might have. He uh, what, he was in um, Breaking. You know what? You're right. You're right. I I think there was something before, before that. I think I think that's the one that just kind of like said no fuck yous all. <laughs> it's like that could be it. That could be that could be. How about the first Biohazard album? I have it. I didn't think of it. <laughs> That's when it has the Warriors stuff on it. Yep. Yep. Wrong side of the tracks. Yeah. Good. Great album. Yeah. Dirty. Dirty. That's dirty metal. Yeah. Biohazard that, was dirty. That's New York hardcore. Yeah. That's straight up New York hardcore. I mean, that the first Biohazard album is really it's raw. Yeah. You can smell the stink of the subway. Oh yeah. I mean, they got they they did some some more polished stuff later on, mm-hmm. like with Urban Discipline. Uh, State of the world address, but that first biohazard album and I got to thank my friend Jeremy Hansen. I got to thank Jeremy for turning me on to biohazard back yeah. in the day. Um, and the first song he ever played me was uh, hold my own. Okay, such a killer song. And to this day, that's one of the one of the riffs I play when I start warming up playing bass. I wish I could remember how I got into some of these bands was some of what was the genesis of owning it? Yeah. And it was like, was it an MTV video? Was it just me hanging around Galaxy of Sound and picking shit up? Yeah. You know? Well, I... I it, it certainly was. If it wasn't you showing me something, it wasn't anybody else I knew. Well, I don't think... <laughs> I don't think Biohazard did any videos for the first album. I think their first video was actually for something off of... Uh, off of State of the World Address. Mm. Which I think is their third. Okay. Or no, it's their second. Yeah, that's what I mean. It's like, I, I, I don't remember even how I heard of Biohazard. Yeah. Because it's like the, the most of the group I hung out with, that wasn't what they were doing. So if it wasn't, and you were the only one that was introducing me to some really out there shit. Yeah. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Bi- oh, God. The Biohazard album. Uh, this, see, this is why I like doing this shit off the top of our heads. This is why I need notes <laughs> or else I'd forget. I wouldn't even know half this shit. Okay. What do you got next? I got to make a hard right turn away from the gangster rap. Okay. Devo. Are we not men? We are Devo. I cannot really speak as to the, <laughs> to that whole album. Yeah. That, that the <clears throat> Devo itself is just a great band. Love the love, love all their music. And that first album, um, with like, um, I got to um, like, well, we are Devo, uh, uncontrollable urge. Um, Jocko Homo is on there and Mongolia, Mongoloid Mongol. Oh, shit. Yeah. So it's like and that like laid a lot of groundwork for their that type of music, which I just I absolutely loved. Yeah. And the album, um, they try to get a famous golfer on the album, which is why the album looks like it does. But we're not they were not allowed to use his likeness. Oh, so they found a thing in Mad Magazine. Of like Reagan, Car- uh, Reagan, Kennedy, all these different presidents smashed together. Right. I don't know. Maybe Re- I don't remember Reagan, but I know it was a bunch of uh, presidents smashed together, and it was like the perfect president. Oh, okay. And like JFK was part of it, and it was like this is like this person's teeth, this person's eyes, yeah. this person's hair, and then they just threw it on the cover. Nice. <laughs> well, that's a very mother's ball thing to do. Yeah, and it's. I mean, that one is just a wonderful album to listen to. 
and going down the line, all stuff from the new traditionalists. Um, and finally, when they make it with, you know, well, when everybody hears about Devo at Whippet, yeah. it's like Whippet was like one of the like the least Devo-y songs they had. Yeah. You know. <laughs> Here's one for you. Hmm. This one's a turn in a different direction as well. Death. Scream bloody gore. I had it on my short list, but I never listened. I never really listened to death that album. Yeah. So I could. I, that's why I was hoping you would speak to it. Uh, I mean, the, the scream bloody gore. Uh, you have like zombie ritual, mm-hmm. which stayed in the set list till the very end. Evil dead. That that there is just like badass death metal music. That's you know, the original yeah, they, Florida death metal. Yeah, they said that was the original death metal album. Yep. Uh, Scream Blood, I mean, they did, they death from a musical standpoint got so much better as time went on. If you, like their progression from Scream Bloody Gore to Leprosy to Spiritual Healing to Human to Individual Thought Patterns all the way up, they progressed. Mm-hmm. But there's a raw energy and an animalism about Scream Bloody Gore. Chuck Schuldner's vocals. You'd never heard anything like that at that point. But yeah, that's a that's a fucking amazing record. And like all these kids that are into this new stuff where like the guy sounds like you're butchering a pig or whatever. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It all started with Chuck. Mm-hmm. It all started with Chuck Schuldner. Say thank you. <laughs> That that's not directed at you. Oh, that's directed at like the August Burns Red Crowd and shit yeah. like that. But anyway, go ahead. All right, uh, this one, um, it's de- <laughs> debut and final album, Sex Pistols. Never mind the Bullocks. Here's the Sex Pistols. It's like yo, they did it so well out the gate. They said we're done. <laughs> well, that and their bass player yeah. fucking died. But but still, I mean, I wait, I, wait, no, wait. Sid was out of the band by the time he died. Mm-hmm. They booted him. Yeah. Now, if you can get kicked out of the Sex Pistols for being unreliable, that's a fucking yeah. feat. But I mean, between like Submission, Bodies, Holiday, I mean, and, yeah, uh, Holidays Holiday and the Sun, Holiday, uh, yeah, Holiday in Cambodia is the dead. I know. I, I I was I corrected myself in my brain. Yep. Bastard. But <laughs> and of course, everybody knows Anarchy in the UK from various bands have covered it. But the whole that whole album. Is just awesome. Yeah, it is. Uh, God save the queen. Yes, there's so much, there's so much punk rock goodness in that. Yeah, album. and it's and it's again raw, angry, and just like you know Johnny Rotten is just you know just wants to just you know beat you the hell up, right? And he still looks like that. Yeah, I found out recently. This is Lisa watches um, this mass singer bullshit. Yeah, which you know what? It's okay. I wish, and I, honest to God, wish they would have more like metal singers on there. But I know some people just won't do it. But they had Johnny Rotten on it. Really? And my God, I could not for the life of me. He, he was, and he was singing everything in punk. I mean, he, he, he was not giving a fuck. And I, that should have been a clue. Yeah. But they kept hinting around that he was a comedian. This, they do clue packages and shit. Yeah. And so they're talking comedians. So I'm like trying to name off comedians that this could be. 
And when they pull it off, like, well, fuck, I should have known that. For Christ, John. It's Johnny Lydon. Yeah, it's like, come on. Not, didn't he go as Johnny Rotten or no, something? No, he went as Johnny Rotten. Okay. Yep. Because he went back to his real name with, with the PIL stuff. Yeah. And it's so funny to watch people like, um, oh, who's the Blurred Lines guy? Uh, Robin Thick. Robin Thick. He's a host on there. And you hear people like Robin Thick and Ken Jong like, oh my God, I'd love this. It's like, I can't picture those guys sitting around listening to the Sex Pistols. Me neither. <laughs> I can picture Ken Jong listening to the Sex Pistols. I can picture, I can picture Mr. Chow listening to the I Sex don't know. Pistols. Everything I see about him thinks that he would listen to it just to irritate people out of his house. Quite possibly. <laughs> but this is a guy who gave up his medical career to become an actor. Should have stayed a doctor. Yeah, I don't I, know. I honestly, he just on a tangent. He annoy he annoys the piss out of me. He really does because him like Jack Black, they don't play characters; they play exaggerations of themselves. I can see that, and it's like, oh, you you are an insufferable asshole, and you know my feelings on Jack Black. <laughs> yeah, it's like, it's, I can. Oh. <laughs> I know Jack Black just irritated. I saw him in an interview once and he's sitting there being the cool guy with the sunglasses. And I think like during one of the breaks that you take during interviews that, you know, to reset things or whatever, somebody told me, you take the fucking glasses off. Yeah, (laughs) probably. You look like an asshole. You're not. I never understood the glasses during an interview. I've, I've honestly never understood that with these celebrities. I, what is with your eyes, man? <laughs> you know, it's like come on, they can adjust the light for you. Relax. Yeah. And it's like and like Dennis Robin was another one. Just got to wear the sunglasses all the time. Yeah. It's like it's nighttime. He's outside. What with the goddamn glasses? I wear my sunglasses at night. Yeah. No, he's not like that. He's not Corey Hart. <laughs> Here's one for you. Yes. And this is another one where. The band got better, much better as time went on. The first Rush album. Well, I can't speak to that. <laughs> I'm out. <laughs> okay. Um, <laughs> see, in, in in some respects, you can say Rush really had two debut albums. You had the first album with John Rutsey on drums, mm-hmm. and then you had um, uh, you had Fly By Night with Neil Peart on drums, which. I mean, it was their second album, mm-hmm. but the first Rush album's got some great shit on it, um, and they really, but they really came into their own on the second album. I'm not going to bore you with talking about Rush. No, you can bore me all you want. I mean, uh, if you, if, no, no, you know, no, 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 move on. I, I, I talk about Devo. You know, you can talk about what we can have difference of. You know, they both have four letters. You know, they're both influential to their own genres. I, I always will admit, I am. I agree with Rush is a is a great band and and have what they've done. I just don't listen to them. Right. But I mean, I I, I'm a fan of obviously I'm a huge Rush fan, but the the first album with Rutsy in has got some really good stuff on it. But if 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 I had to delete one from the catalog, it would be the debut. Mm Okay. But yeah. So, uh yeah, check out the first Rush album if you're if you've never heard it and you're a Rush fan or you're a prog rock fan, listen to it. It's a little less proggy than they became because John Rutsey was a good drummer but he wasn't Neil Peart. Yeah. 
and Neil Peart did most of the writing mm-hmm. for Rush af- after he came in. So it's 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 really like almost apples and oranges. The only similarity is, you know, Getty's voice is the same. Okay. And Alex's guitar is the same and Getty's bass is the same. So really the only difference is John Rutsey to Neil Peart. <laughs> yes. Is John Rutsey to Neil Peart. Okay, who you, right. who you got? Right. I remember this is this is one that I did not even think of this as a debut album, but and this is one that actually had the it's like greatest hits is your first album, which is to me amazing. The Cars. Yeah. Some of these songs. Uh, good times roll. You're all my, I got. My best friend's girl, just what I needed, and yeah, you're all I've got tonight. I did not know. I mean, I I got into the cars and I have a few cars albums, but I had no idea this one was the one. Yeah. Which has a, so many great songs on it. Yeah. And they didn't change their style up too much. I don't even know I don't even know what you consider cuz it was like that that feathered mullet rock it, and it was just really it was great stuff. Yeah. They're kind of like in the same vein as Cheap Trick. Yeah. Yeah, yeah it's, a little bit of a little bit of a punky vibe, mm-hmm. but some straight ahead rock and roll. There's some new wave in there, and a little bit of new wave. Yeah, yeah, and and oh, just just fabulous stuff to to listen to. And I still I still enjoy listening to a good Cars song. Oh, me too. I love the Cars. Yeah, and I did not know that was a debut album. It's like that was one of those where it's like you swear I swear those aren't all the albums, right? <laughs> it's like, well, here's another one, kind of in that same type thing. Where it was their be- their greatest, almost their greatest hits album, mm-hmm. the Hooters with Nervous Night. Oh my God, <laughs> there's a band I haven't heard of in a long time. Good Philadelphia Boys, <laughs> but you've got the song Nervous Night, and we danced all you zombies. <laughs> yes, that there, uh, that's you know that's eighties cheese. That's high school. I remember they actually had a contest around this area. Yep, to have the Hooters come have play the Hooters concert. come play. I remember that. Oh, and Lisa actually had a a Hooters bandana hanging on her wall. Really? Uh, yep. When I went to her house the first time back in, you know, back in the Netherlands, <laughs> I remember that. It was like I was like, oh my, my, and of course me getting in there where I was at those years. It was like oh, the Hooters. Jesus Christ! What? Yeah. <laughs> it's, I'm about to educate her. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, the Hooters. The Hooters for what they were, they were very good. You know, I and yeah. I was. I'll, I'll admit it. I'll hey. I'll admit it now. All these years later, yeah, I was a closet Hooters fan. You know, I loved it. I thought that was. You know, this is really well crafted music. Mm-hmm. The, the songs are fun. Um, and we danced. How can you yeah. not get moving to that song? Yes, there that that. Uh, and and uh, Hooters like reminds me, my my fact that I'm now is like that hindsight stuff is like I, I didn't like Badlands when they came out right and then Jakey Lee is like one of my favorite guitarists but somehow I don't like Badlands yeah now I appreciate them <laughs> it's like it's, isn't it weird how we how how time how we how chimes change yeah how our brain just says why didn't I like this right <laughs> it's like wait a minute has Eric Singer and Jakey Lee and yet I didn't like this. Why? <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Uh, what do you got next? All right. I, since you're not nameless, I don't want to save like I'm. Okay, I'm gonna. I want to say I want to save a couple for you, man. I'll I'll give you the paper one, but 
Aerosmith is one. Okay. I love, you know, I'm a just huge yeah. Aerosmith fan. Yeah. That first album was good rock and roll blues. Yeah. And well, you, you can't, t- you got to talk about the elephant in the room. What? Dream on. Oh, I thought it was a bad, something bad about it. No. Yeah, that's one. Um, also, uh, I think Make It was on that. Somebody. Yeah. I should know the album backwards and forwards. I love I have like three copies of this album. Yeah. I just, I mean, I just kept getting copies of it. Uh-huh. You know, um, One Way Street, Write Me a Letter. Oh, shit. Walking the Dog, Moving Out. I mean, the album is so, Dream On is like, I'll be honest, Dream On's probably my least favorite song on that album. And the most iconic. I know, but it's and it's the one that, you know, I one day my the Grail album I want to get is the Aerosmith first album that says not that doesn't say featuring Dream On. Yeah. Because the minute that song took off, all the albums put featuring Dream On on it. And I want the one without it. Yeah. I got you. <laughs> well, here we go. Since we're kind of in the seventies uh, for a second here, Boston. Oh, okay. The first Boston album. Uh, rock and roll band. Uh, uh, no, Don't Look Back's not on there. Uh, rock and roll band. Um, oh, shit, I'm trying to think of what the hell's all was on. Was Amanda there. on that one? No, Amanda is on third stage, I think. Okay. I think that was on third stage. But there's a band, you know, 10 years between records. Mm-hmm. You know? Um, but then again, Tom Schultz was busy inventing guitar pedals. Yeah. Um. But oh shit, uh, more than a feeling, which mm-hmm. everybody knows. But I mean that that first ball bo- that first Boston record is really good. Okay, there's a lot of good shit on there. That is, uh, I mean that's that almost could be considered a uh, greatest hits debut. Okay, you know that's a good one. What all else right, you got? Right. I'll sing a riff for say, New York City, NYC. The Ramones. Yep, the Ramones' first album. Listen to some of the tracks on this album. I was even blown away. Blitzkrieg, Bop. Uh huh. Beat on the Brat. Right. Judy's a punk. Sniff some glue. I don't want to go down to the basement. Havana Fair. Fifty third and third. All on the first freaking album. Yep, that's on remote. That's on Ramones. It's like holy shit. It's like knocked it out of the park. My first or my favorite Ramones song. 53rd and 3rd. Yeah, it's a great song. And, and it's it's a true story. Mm-hmm. You know, it's a true story. That and oh god, I forgot all that was on was oh. on there. But between that and Rocket to Russia? Yeah. There's your Ramones greatest hits. I don't know. I mean, there oh my god, there's so many. I mean, I love uh, so many of the the albums. Yeah. Leaving Home. Yeah. Is another good one. Um Adios. Yeah. Is, I mean, I can't I can't pick a, a Ramones album that every one of them has some great stuff on it. Oh, yeah. I mean, Johnny Ramone and Joey Ramone, for as much as they hated each other, <laughs> they wrote great music together. Mm-hmm. You know, and we can't forget about Marky and Dee Dee. No. You know, I mean, 53rd and 3rd. That is a true story of Dee Dee when he was basically, he was, uh, what, what's the what's the the polite euphemism? A rent boy. <laughs> uh he was a male prostitute. Yeah. You know, and that's how he supported his smack habit. You know? And that's another album that when you listen to it, just like Biohazard, you can you can feel the dirt on it. Yeah. You know? It, it smells like the bathroom at CBGB's. Yeah. And just awesome. It's amazing how many great debut albums there are. Oh, keep going on your list. All right. Dangerous Toys. 
Dangerous Toys. Another one that they didn't really do much after that, though. Not the good, not nothing decent, I should say. I think they really peaked with their first one. Yeah, and but there's so much good stuff on there. Um, Sporting a Woody. Mm-hmm. Scared. Take me drunk, I'm home. Take me drunk, <laughs> I'm home. Uh, uh, teasing and Pleasing. Yeah. Which was the, the lead single. That was the first single off the record. Bones Jeez. in the Gutter. Bones in the Gutter. Oh. Oh, shit. That is... I forgot about that it, album. That, they, that was such a great first album. And yeah. And then they really didn't do much after that. Um, you know, a lot of the stuff didn't pan after that. Kind of like what happened with Jackal as well. Yeah. Great first album. Even though that's very polarizing to say that. Yeah. I liked the first Jackal album. And then everything after that was kind of like... Ugh. I mean... The first Jackal album has some good stuff on it. When Will It Rain. Yep. Down uh, on Me. Down on Me. Uh, I can't stand the Lumberjack song. I can't stand it. It was actually fun the first year. And I it just when he became the Lumberjack guy. Yeah. And when he destroyed Tom Green's set. Yeah. And would come on talk shows and just destroy shit with a chainsaw. It's like, oh, come on, dude. Yeah, it's there, getting old. Yeah, there's new, there's better gimmicks out there. Yeah. All right, so you're going to kick yourself for this one. Okay. Exodus, Bonded by Blood. Yes. <laughs> yes. That is, that is thrash metal goodness. And that is purest. Hell yeah. It's like that is just so pure what they did on that album. Yeah. You can smell the Fillmore on that. Oh, one. and it's so it's just so visceral. Yeah. Uh, Gary Holt and uh, Gary Holt and Steve Souza at their best. Mm-hmm. You know, that that album that's a killer fucking record. And then, you know, in staying with the metal, with the heavy uh, the heavy vein, Slayer's Hollow Eights. I didn't put that on my list. Yeah, I didn't put the most of the other f- <laughs> the four on it. They were almost there, but yeah. I mean, Slayer's Hello Eights is a yeah. killer record. Hell, the the title track, mm-hmm. Necrophiliac. There, there's just so much, you know. That that really is. Uh, that's big four goodness. Mm-hmm. You know, that's big. That's when the big four, not at the peak of their powers, mm-hmm. but they were budding superheroes. Oh yeah. Same thing with Anthrax. Now was now the first what with the oh it was armed and dangerous right yeah yeah see yeah Neil Turbin just didn't do it for me as an Anthrax singer but the songs are great yeah if I I wish they would have redone the first album with Belladonna that would have been cool you know what I mean and just like you know they did it later on with like Greater of Two Evils but I mean do it right away and say hey uh, pick your favorite yeah A B it A B this and tell me yeah. tell us which one you like. Another one that I almost had in the shortlist was Testament with Legacy. Yes. Because Over the Wall, I love the song. But unfortunately, that's about the only song on the album I really do enjoy. Yeah, yeah, I can I can see that. You know. Testament really came into their own later on. Yeah. With uh, Practice What You Preach. Yes. Souls of Black. Yeah, and that's why I, I, I do like Legacy, but Over the Wall is like the one song that I just really just know. Yeah. And that was funny story for some that was the first song that got Jim injured at a metal show <laughs> <laughs> he he hit a barrier crowd surfing and came away with a welt on his leg so huge 
Crocodile Rock? Yep. Yeah. <laughs> he was, yep. He was crowd surfing, smacked his, his leg and and oh, right near the ankle too, I think. Oh. Yeah. He was hurting for that one. And that was and that was during over the wall. I bet. <laughs> what else you got on that list? Okay. I'm gonna do this one first because I know you're gonna you're gonna give me a bad look. Disturb the sickness. <laughs> I, I'm shaking my head at you. It has really it has, between down with the sickness, stupefy, is on that one. Hmm. Nah. What do you mean nah? Nah. Look, that they they really kind of kicked open the door of new metal. You know, it's they mid. were they were. Mm-hmm. It's mid. It's what? It's mid. Mid what? Just mid. <laughs> I knew you weren't going to agree with this one, and I knew you didn't. I know how you feel about the new metal, but I had to give this props to Disturbed because I really did enjoy, you know, Down with the Sickness, Stupefy, and and the, what they were what they were doing at the time. I wasn't big Limp Biscuit fan, not really big in the Corn, but Disturbed was really good. Corn's debut is much better. Okay, we can agree to not agree. Corn's debut is much better. The final one. Shoots and ladders. <laughs> Adidas. Daddy. Corn's debut is much better. I I agree. Now I like it. At the time I really wasn't in the corn. Yeah. I thought they were weird. They are. And that's what yeah. makes it I fun. thought New Metal All was very strange. But, 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 but corn's good. In hindsight, yes. But I couldn't get into it at that time in my life. <laughs> you, you you didn't have my angst. You can't you can't go from you know this like Slayer and that kind of stuff to corn and make any sense of it in your head. Sure, I can. I couldn't. Uh, sure, I can. You know, it's, it's. I was holding on to Exodus album. It's all angry. I was holding. I was holding on to all these guys doing all this trying trying to maintain during the new metal era. It's all angry. Yes, I was just trying to maintain it. And, uh, the new metal, most new metal was bad, bad. A lot of it was. <laughs> A lot of it was. What else you got? A motley crew. A mother crew. Too fast for love. That is a good fucking debut. Yes, and after watching, well, even though I know it's mostly fabricated, the dirt. Yeah, it's like still to to be able to write songs. When you have that much, like, just alcohol and drugs going through your veins. Yeah. I don't know how they did it. it that that album is... That album is fantastic. Mm-hmm. There's, a, there's very few stinkers on that record. And there's a lot of great stuff. Take Me to the Top. Mm-hmm. Uh, on With the Show. Yes. Live Wire. I can't read my own writing. <laughs> I wrote a few sample songs down that I enjoyed. Uh, well, there's Live Wire, Take Me to the Top, uh, Piece of the Action, Piece of the Piece of Your Action. Oh God, the the only the only knock I have on that album, and it's just from from a production standpoint, and considering it was released in what eighty two, mm-hmm. Tommy Lee's drums sound thin as shit. Oh yeah, you know, and like I said, that's just a production standpoint. Mm. But I mean. That's Motley at their sleaziest. Yep. Yeah, they got much nicer after that. Yeah. And more friendly. Well, after Shout at the Devil. Yeah. After Shout at the Devil, they got more friendly. 
Yeah. Then oh, then all of a sudden it's like then you had you know it's you know things like you know well, home home sweet home, on one album then without you and, but they were very you know nice friendly they weren't. Yeah, uh, especially once they got sober. Mm-hmm. Once they got sober, um, they became kind of nice motley, and Nikki became pretentious Nikki. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. And then Vince Neil changed the name to Bobby Black and <laughs> Oh God. The Black Plague. <laughs> Ford Fairlane reference yes. for those of you who don't know. Of all the of all the people he could pick. He didn't even he seriously didn't even have like a real part in it. He was what, set on fire or something? In He's the got be- one line and he delivers it badly. Yeah. Hello! <laughs> and then he gets set on fire. Yeah, and then he, and then he dies, and it's like, oh, we're done. Do you think, was that him in the coffin? I don't know if it was Vince in the coffin. I want to hope that Vince just had enough. It was like, hey, Vince, you lay in the coffin. <laughs> that was, oh, my God, that was, uh, I love that fucking movie. It's a great movie. It's a great, But of all the people they picked, Vince Neal. Yeah. It's like they could have picked anybody. It's like if Vince Neal became like the one who has to get murdered by Wayne Newton. <laughs> oh, shit. Spoilers. <laughs> Julian Grendel. Such. Oh, God, I love that movie. Me too. That's such. It's just a, and I still, you know, my mother always said, can't say something nice about him. Wait around the fucking room. <laughs> Zuzu pedals. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you know who was great in that movie was Priscilla Presley. Yeah, you know what? I can't say there was anybody bad in it. Like Gilbert Godfrey. Oh, was Godfrey awesome. was great. Even Ed Ed, o, Ed O'Neill. Yes. was awesome in that movie. Ed I O'Neill's mean, good in anything he does. Yeah, though. but he he's like, oh, please say you're hiding something. <laughs> Are you calling me an asshole? Asshole. <laughs> oh, I love uh, Tone Loke was in that. Yep. Um, just so many, and even Robert England. Yes. I mean. <laughs> yes. He plays, uh, what, I can't even remember. Smiley. Smiley. Yeah, hello, hello. <laughs> Fuck you, you <laughs> dirtbag sack of shit. <laughs> yeah. I mean, how how Dice was able to pull together such an all-star cast. <laughs> it paid dirt with K-Dirt. Yeah. <laughs> it was such a wonderful cast in that movie. Yeah. Oh. And and it's like goes unnoticed. Seriously, because Dice is in it. Unfortunately, and he, he's he's at one of his diciest. I mean, he doing. Oh yeah, he's not. You know, he's doing his thing. I do enjoy the when I see him on shows like when everybody like you know Dice is horrible. Dice is this that, and then you see him on the View. Yeah, and it's like they love him. It's like because they know it was an act. <laughs> Yeah. They can differentiate. Yeah. And that's the problem is people can't differentiate the fact that it was a fucking character. Yeah. Because you and I both know this. When he first started, he's Andrew Silverstein. Yeah. I love this. some of his early stuff, too. He Before he put on the leather jacket, mm-hmm. he was doing like Jerry Lewis type shtick. Yeah. You know? And it was good. Yeah. I'd love to see some of his early stuff. I know the first time we saw him was... Uh, Probably the Rodney Dangerfield, the Rodney special. Dangerfield special. But then that's also where we've got birth with Kennison. Yep. You know, <laughs> and, a, and the sleaze magician. Oh, fuck you. <laughs> he sadly didn't make it as far as everyone else did on that show. I'm fooling you and you don't like it. <laughs> it's like, 
David Slees. Yep, David Slees, uh, punk magician. Yeah. With hand or pocket. Fuck you, pocket. <laughs> How many times did we do that shtick? <laughs> Too many. <laughs> hey, who was the guy that did the football team? Oh, God, I remember. Oh, um... Oh, God, I can see his face. And I've seen him on other comedy shows, too. He made it. Yeah. A little bit. But <laughs> Billy Bob Rubick, University of Texas, right guard. Yeah. <laughs> As he sniffs his armpit. Oh, and that was so much. Number 72. Oh, shit. 27. 27. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> yes, there was so many on that one. Mutual Omaha. <laughs> Oh fuck! I used to know the whole bit. Yeah, it, we we <laughs> that with Dangerfield was that was an awesome and so many great comics. Oh, Rodney's young comedian specials back then were so fun. Oh, and he introduced us to so many great comics. Yeah, you know, and, and Rodney, I mean, Rodney was really a champion for young comics mm-hmm. and for keeping the art alive. Yeah, and I wish there was somebody today that would do that. That would that would help to foster the young comics up. There's a lot of, I mean, I listen to a lot of great comedy stuff, uh-huh. and I love watching certain, you know, some specials. But there really isn't any more. No, unless you look on YouTube, that fast you're getting five minutes and you're doing your thing. Yeah, you know, I know there's a comedy show. Was it is it coming up or is it already gone at the Sokol? I think it's coming. Okay, because I was I wanted it, that actually. Yeah, that might be. I don't remember if it's coming up or not. I know I saw the, they had the dates up at the music store, and before I could get the dates, they took the poster down. Right. And, of course, my lazy ass ain't looked anything up because, well, I think Lisa said she's working that day, so. Yeah. You know. You know, um, who else was a real champion for the comics, for the young up-and-coming comics back in the day? Mm. And her son gets a lot of shit because of who he is. Was Mitzi Shore. Okay. That owned the comedy yeah. store out in L.A. Yeah. And and Paulie gets a lot of shit. And people say that his career is all because of nepotism because his mom was Mitzi Shore and she owned the comedy store. Paulie Shore is funny. When he was honestly, when he was doing, you know, the characters that he was you know, the weasel characters and stuff yeah. like that, then it was good. There was a point that he decided to stop, stop doing that. Yeah. And I don't think because he still had that attitude. Yeah. But he stopped being that guy. He stopped being the weasel. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that kind of... Because I liked Encino Man. Love it. Missy hates that fucking movie. Yeah. Biodome was horrible. I love Biodome. See? But I... Yeah. Encino Man was was hilarious. Stephen Baldwin is so good in Biodome. You know? And a lot of the early stuff... I mean, <laughs> we all knew someone that acted like Pauly Shore. Yeah. We all knew that guy. Yeah. You know? So it was very familiar territory. <laughs> yeah. I... I, I I, I'm I miss the the danger field. I miss the HBO comedy specials. Yeah, just have a bunch of comedians come on and and do your best. Yeah, they don't really have a lot of that anymore. You can see it on YouTube. Yeah, you can sometimes see it on YouTube, and uh, it's hit or miss. Um, I think a lot of comedians, sadly, I do feel a lot of comedians go the safe route. You know. Yeah. I I think you know they don't want to offend anybody. And therein lies a problem, you know, I mean, at least for somebody who came up with our comic sensibilities. Yeah. You know, the comics we grew up with, mm-hmm. we, grew, we grew up watching guys like Dice Clay, mm-hmm. Sam Kinison, Rodney Dangerfield, 
George Carlin. Yeah, Richard you know, Pryor. Richard Eddie Pryor. Murphy. Guys that would offend. Yeah. You know, they and and that is the that is the job of a comedian and a satirist. Mm-hmm. To poke fun at you mm-hmm. and make you think and make you laugh while you're doing it. Yep, Bill Hicks was another good one. Even Dennis Leary, who I know a lot of people, you you can't like Bill Hicks and Dennis Leary. Well, I do. I do too. And it's like Dennis Leary was another one who would, you know, push things as far as they could go. Mitch Hedberg. <laughs> I never could get into Mitch Hedberg. Hedberg. Oh, Hedberg I, is he? He's a he's a strange bird. Yeah. I I liked his I liked this stuff, but it always reminded me of that kind of stuff that if someone was stone sitting in a chair, you know, at a party, yeah, that's the stuff they would come up with. Yeah, well, that's kind of. That was I'm kinda, sorry, I'm late. I was trying to take the escalator, but they were broken. They were stairs. What? Well, that that's, <laughs> that's, that's like, that was kind of Hedberg's thing. I know, but it was just so out there. It just I it, I didn't connect with it. Yeah. Oh, uh, fuck. Back to music. <laughs> we we've sidebarred off barred off into comedy too far. Too, yeah. too well, long. that that is all the ones I have on my list. I mean, I don't know. I didn't know if there were any others because I didn't pick. There was a lot. There's a lot of ones out there. That say, oh, this is a great album, and there's like one song off of it. Yeah, and I don't think you can call that a great album. No, I, and I agree with you on that. You can I mean, we forgot about the first Iron Maiden album. I didn't because it didn't have uh, Dickinson. Okay, I'm more of a. And I, like I said, there are the ones in there. It's like people are going to be like shouting at their ones I did not forget about and will not mention because I don't like Led Zeppelin. Right, great, great album, yeah, but I don't like Led Zeppelin, so I'm not going to talk about it. I don't like Zeppelin either, so I'm not talking about it. You know, uh, Cindy Lauper's first album, good album, but I can only name a couple songs off of it. And it kind of didn't connect with me completely. Yeah, you know, but you know, those ones like you know, Eiffel 65 first album. Sorry, so I had to do that. <laughs> just, Hi, Jim. Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> no, there's 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 so many, but I mean, the '80s was like filled with first grade albums that you only heard like one song of. Men at Work. Men at Men at Work. Yep. Um, Aha. Dexy's Midnight Runners. The Outfield. Yeah, it's like there's one song on it, so you can't call that a good album. A good album is like what we named. Like you can name a dozen, you know, you can name almost the whole album. Yeah. And if you if it's an album you want to play the whole thing through. Yeah. That is what a great album is, and that's a great date. That is a uh, the mark of a great album, and it's really hard to to capture that kind of magic your first time through. Mm-hmm. And like I said, we could sidebar off for another two hours if we wanted to into great second albums that overshadow the first album. Oh yeah. You know, and we can even with, with bands that we mentioned mm-hmm. Megadeth and Metallica. Oh yeah. Cause, cause, uh, peace sells is better than killing is my business. Oh, I think, well, and lightning is better than kill them all. Mm, fight me. I'm not going to fight you. <laughs> I thought Masters was their pinnacle. Well, Master, I mean, Master is like the, you know, that is, that's Metallica at the apex. Yeah. Okay. But yeah, there's, I mean, we could sidebar off for, or we could do another entire show. Mm -hmm. And maybe we'll do that one day. Sophomore albums that are better than the debut. Uh, More lists. 
Bullist. I don't know if I could do. I don't know better. I mean, that's that's a hard one too. To say that something's better. I mean, my God. I mean, of course, it's all subjective. And this- I mean, there is the the one one I can think of because I got to say it now is Green Jello. <laughs> oh dear. Yeah. God. Their first album wasn't Serial Killer, or else I would have had it on the list. <laughs> that was their second album. That's right. Serial Killer is their second album. Yep. And The Offspring. Yeah. Their first album was not um, Smash. Smash. They had an album before that. Green Day. Their first album isn't yeah. Dookie. Yeah. So it's like, that's the thing. It's like, there are ones that like, and Nirvana, their first album wasn't Nevermind. It was Bleach. Right. So it's like, there's a whole bunch of, uh, yeah, we can name those off now. It's like, Christ. All the, and I did a lot of those research and said, oh, that wasn't their first album. Right. It's like, shit. <laughs> right. I, hey, I, I, well, I mean, even with Judas Priest. You go to Sad Wings of Destiny. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's a good one. That's a great album. I think Sad Wings is their second album. Mm-hmm. Um, either It's either Sad Wings or Sin After Sin. Hmm. I don't know. I don't. I yeah. I would have to research, and I don't want to. <laughs> that's. I I I've done enough numerical research for a week. Yeah. Well, you're you're look you're lucky. I'm getting turkey. <laughs> if we're lucky. <looking. laughs> Oh, I got it, my turkey. It's in the fridge. It's thawing. I can't wait to start it. Ah. Yeah. Um, since we're since you bring it up, turkey, we're going to take a week off for Thanksgiving because we record on Thursdays. And next Thursday is th- is uh, a celebration of the things you have and celebration of family and thanks you know it's thanksgiving and it's also going to be a celebration of the raiders thumping the fucking cowboys i had to bring that up didn't you yep i'm gonna call your ass i'm gonna call your ass i'm gonna say thank you for letting dallas score their third touchdown bitch not gonna happen oh i'm calling you i'm calling you keep your phone on keep your phone you'll have it on mute Decline, <laughs> decline. <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> Depending on how the game's going. Oh no, I, no. After every every great Dallas play, after every first down, after everything, I'm gonna just call you up every single time. You, you do that. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so there won't there won't be a show next week. Um, there will not be a show next week because of the holiday, but we're gonna have something special in two weeks. Um, we've done the deep dive on Kiss. Thanks, asshole. Why are you always blaming me for that? Because it was your idea. There's no proof of that. Yes, there is. First off, first off, I may have came up with the idea, but you agreed to it. It takes two to tango. Okay, I'll, 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 I'll I will, I will capitulate <laughs> in this argument. I agreed to it. We've done the deep dive on Kiss. We've done the deep dive on Anthrax in celebration of their 40th anniversary. Um, I can't think of a milestone to commemorate this, but we're going to do it anyway. We're going to go through Ozzy Osbourne's solo career. From dire, uh, from Blizzard of Oz up to now. Ordinary Man. Ordinary Man is the latest? Yep. Okay. Oh, oh geez, I've been I've been listening. Okay, I I I've been listening to stuff without Randy Rhodes. Mm. Okay, because I don't need to reacquaint myself with the Randy Rhodes shit. I know it intimately well. Okay, I know that stuff chapter and verse. But I've been going from Bark at the Moon up, mm-hmm. and as we did with the Kiss, 
um, during the discussion of the songs on the albums and, you know, our thoughts on the albums, we'll give a little history lesson as to what was going on in Ozzy's band at the time. You know, the lineup changes and the Sharon being a twat and whatever. Oh. Am I going to get sued? No, just you got to get off of Sharon, man. No. I mean, no, I don't. Jeez. She's a terrible person. Anyone who hires fans at OzFest to throw eggs at Iron Maiden is a terrible person. Hang on. How much did they get paid? I don't know, but it's not enough. Don't but, throw don't but, throw eggs at Dickinson. But Don't throw but, eggs at Ari. <laughs> I'm just I mean I mean I wouldn't do it, but but I mean hypothetically, I mean how much money are we talking here? <laughs> it would have to be a lot of money for me to throw eggs at Ari. It's, it's like, I'm okay. I'm just <laughs> That's funny. I'm sorry. That's hilarious. It's not funny. Sharon it was Sharon being a twat. It can't be true. It's, um, no. It is no, true. Oh my god, there's no way. She admitted to it. I can't Oh my. Well, because Maiden was blowing Sabbath off the stage every night. Uh, yeah, I mean Nico wouldn't <laughs> Oi! Who threw that egg? Who threw that? She made me fuck. She fucked up my gig. If I would throw eggs, I'd hard boil them at least because I don't want to. I don't want to mess anybody up. But stop. Oh, that's terrible. It's that's just terrible. Just terrible. All right, so we're gonna we're gonna sign this off for the night. Um, everybody, have a great Thanksgiving. Um, enjoy the time with your family. Enjoy the, the, the feast and be, uh, only in America can we give thanks one day for the things we have and how, you know, how well we have it. And the next day we celebrate consumerism and go black Friday shopping. Yeah. I think I'm done all my shopping ready. I'm not, but hope, I hope everybody enjoys your Turkey and, and, and don't worry if you're vegan, enjoy your sadness. That's right. <laughs> Tofurky is not fucking cool. <laughs> All right. So for uh, until the next time in two weeks, this has been Oh No Not Them. I'm Eric. I'm Bill. Later on. <laughs>